When you're driving, speed bumps force you to slow down. Some are big, some are small. Regardless of the size, they can really mess up your car if you go over them too fast. In this go, go, go world, society tends to have a negative view of speed bumps. But in my opinion, they don't have to be a bad thing. We all go through speed bumps in life, such as getting married, a spiritual awakening, having children, changing jobs, a trauma, and more. In this podcast, you will hear the various speed bumps that people have encountered and how those experiences have shaped them into the person they are now. Because every story has speed bumps, and that is what makes life interesting. everyone. I wanted to welcome you to another episode of Speed Bumps. And today I have Kyle from the Big Dumb Podcast. And I had actually listened to him and Mark Steves do a podcast. And Kyle was talking about how, you know, if you want to do a podcast, you just start and, you know, don't second guess yourself. And so after hearing that, I'd been on the fence about it. And I heard that podcast and took it as a sign as I needed to start my podcast. And that's part of the reason Speed Bumps was born. So thank you, Kyle, for coming on. Hey, um, thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Um, you know, uh, I, I appreciate the, the credit, but it's all you, you know what I mean? And I, I went through the same kind of process when I was starting out with, with my show you know, over a year ago. It was just, man, I had all these things I wanted to talk about, all these things I wanted to do. And, you know, no better time like the present, but I'm a master procrastinator. So, you know, and a perfectionist. So it takes, uh, it, it's almost like I'd rather not do something if it's not going to be perfect the first time, you know? And so it took me months to, to actually start the podcast from conception of the idea to actually recording my first episode. Whereas you, I mean, I'm sure you've been thinking about it, but as soon as you heard that you were like, okay, I'm doing it. So that's, you know, that's great that you, that you took that, uh, that step and, uh, I'm super excited to be here. So thank you so much. Yeah. So before we get into some of the speed bumps that you want to talk about, what are two favorite things about yourself? Oh man, it's always hard to talk highly of yourself, right? Um, I like to think that I, I'm a hard worker, I guess. Um, maybe sometimes to, to a fault, but I work hard to, to man. Oh gosh. <laughs> um, I do what I can to make sure that my my shit i guess is together you know what i mean and i'm still figuring that out i'm only 25 and even in my phases of partying and you know debauchery and and things like that i still always kept my my shit together you know like my responsibilities uh, that's something that was instilled in me from a very young age is just take care of your responsibilities and then from there it's it's up to you you know so yeah i i take care i'm responsible I, I take care of things that i need to take care of uh not all the time not perfect but that's something i i consider you know i yeah uh, good at um and i'm great at talking to people that's another thing i maybe not it doesn't sound like it right now but um i can talk to anybody about anything and um i, I always tend to uh you know like we went to a, a comedy show this weekend and um 
you know, I, we're waiting for the show to start and pe- I, I'm just listening to the people around me and I just start turning and talking to people in front of me and behind me and stuff. And, you know, I kind of like, I, I call myself like the mayor of the town, you know, wherever I go, I'm the, I'm the mayor. I, I want to get to know everybody and at least have a conversation. So th- those are two things right off the top of my head. Um, <laughs> it, I feel like if I had more time to prepare for that question, it wouldn't have been any better uh, to answer. So uh, those are two things. I, I, man, it's hard to uh, think about the things that you like about yourself. Um, but it's good to think about, you know what I mean? No, I should probably do some more thinking about that. Yeah. No, no. So I absolutely loved your question or your answers. And that's part of the reason that I asked the question is because if I asked you, what are two things you love about your fiance? I'm sure you could give me 20 things you love about your fiance, but we have a really hard, a lot of people have a really hard time saying what we love about ourselves. Mm -hmm. And so I like to start off with that question just because speed bumps can be kind of heavy. And so if I start you off in the mindset of, Hey, this is what I love about myself. Then if you start talking about things that uh, are a little uneasy or make you feel a little uncomfortable or a little bit dark. Uh, hopefully that vibration is either still a little bit higher, at least neutral, as opposed to going, you know, down. Oh yeah. Well, it's a good way to start things off. So let's start high and see how low we can get. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> it's like limbo. How low can you go? Oh yeah. I can go real low. It's all about how, how you hold the bar and I'll, I'll get under it. Don't worry. <laughs> So I know when you messaged me on Instagram, you had a few different things uh, that you might want to talk about. Is there one that you wanted to start off with in particular? Um, I don't remember what I, I mean, let me pull that message up real quick. Cause uh, I think, you know, off the top, I'm quick on my feet, Elle, if you couldn't tell. And that's why I kind of live on my feet like that, just bouncing around. Uh, it's part of that whole procrastination thing. No, no, um, I love it. Let's see. You said something about betrayal and back problems and a couple other things. Oh yeah. Okay. I got it. Well, I think, you know, I said daddy issues. We've all got those, right? <laughs> um, <laughs> that, that's something that a lot of people don't like to talk about, but it's, uh, it's more people have it in common than you think. Um, and you know, just t- betrayal. We've all been betrayed. Yeah. You, you pick it. It's your show. You, you tell me where you, where you want to start and we'll rock with it. Let's start with betrayal. Okay. That's a good one. I don't, cause like you said, everyone has been betrayed by some point, whether it's been, um, a partner or a friend or someone at work or a situation, I feel like everyone's been there. So what is your speed bump in regards to that? Well, um, the, the, the first one I'd have to say would kind of ties into the whole, the daddy issues thing. You know, my, my dad was a real piece of shit growing up and, you know, he just kind of left one day, not willingly i mean he he was arrested and, and and taken to jail and i didn't talk to him for a long time and it's since then it's been back and forth years of uh you know talking not talking that kind of thing um and you know even before he went to jail uh it was you know my parents were never really together i mean they dated and then had me and then that was it uh but even then it was you know, he never picked me up on time. He never did what he was going to say he was going to do. That's a big, that's a big thing is uh, you asked me what I like about myself. I think that I, if I commit to something, I'm going to do it. You know what I mean? That's a big thing for me because I think just from early, er, an early age, I had a hard time with people not doing that, particularly my dad. Um, And 
even to this day, he tells me he's going to do something. I don't believe it. I'm just like, okay, dad, whatever. Like I've accepted it, you know? Yeah. And, um, and that's a big thing when it comes to whether someone hurts you or, or, um, or, or you feel like you've been hurt. It's only going to make it worse if you don't forgive them. And it's not easy to forgive. That's probably the hardest lesson I've, I've had to learn. Uh, but it's also the greatest, um, kind of relief. You know what I mean? You can just kind of let go. Not that you forget, you can forgive, but you never forget. And I never forget these things. Uh, And you just learn how to move on and it makes life much, uh, much easier. And then another betrayal I had, uh, you know, it's, I've kind of chalked it up to just being young and dumb, but I, you know, I had a, a a girlfriend in, in high school and into college and, you know, I thought I was going to marry this girl. I was crazy about her. And, and so I have some perspective now. And, uh, I think it's cause she blew me on our first date and I was like blown away by that. Literally like, Oh my God, I love this girl, you know? Uh, but you know, looking back on it, I was like, Oh, she's just a succubus. Like she was taking my identity and my soul, uh, because she had her own issues that she was, you know, going through. Um, but we were also young. So, uh, but yeah, I, I caught her cheating on me. Uh, apparently she had had multiple other, we went to different colleges and she had multiple other boyfriends who they were, they, you know, she was in love with like, uh, you know, they were, they were dating. It wasn't just like a hookup kind of thing part of it, but like there was other Kyle's there, you know, that were involved and they thought they were in the right. They thought I was an asshole. And I was like, I don't even know you guys. And, uh, so then I gave her a second chance, um, and then like the next day I couldn't find her and I had a feeling I knew where she was. So I drove over to this dude's house uh, that we were, it was a summer job. We were working at a restaurant together and uh, I was like, Hmm. And so I, I drove over to this dude's house, walked in the front door, went right to the bedroom, walked in on them together. Oh, and dear like, goodness. oh yeah. And then, you know, she made me feel crazy. Like all, you know, just ultimate betray. You know what I mean? And that, oh fucked me up for years like I would say up until maybe two three years it is it there's days where it still comes up you know what I mean just that because that I thought that's what love was like what I had with with her you know and uh it changes it's changed a lot for me I mean I that's when I entered into I got really into after that I got really into drugs and alcohol and uh debauchery I mean I was you know, chasing anything that moved. I was just a, a heathen still got my shit done though. I aced <laughs> flying colors, you know, but I was, I mean, I was stoned the whole time. I was, it was just, a, it was, you know, it was not healthy, uh, you know, got into a, a depression, got on medications and then I got off the medications and I, it was just like the, it was a uh, four years of after that initial betrayal of, you know, pain and trying to deal with it. And at the same time I was betraying other people. Like I, it's almost like I I had to get in her mindset to understand. And so I started treating other people the way I had been treated. You know what I mean? Uh, so I, you know, if I had a girlfriend, I, I would cheat on her constantly. You know what I mean? I, I, I was bad. And, um, I don't know why I did that, but I think subconsciously it was like me trying to understand how somebody could do this to somebody else that they loved. And so I started doing it to other people. And so betrayal is, I'm sure you, you, we've all betrayed people. We've all been betrayed. And so it's, 
no one's perfect, but you have to, <laughs> if anyone's listening out there, you got to be careful how you handle things. I chalk it up to being young and not understanding, but I'm also grateful that I had that, those life, both with my father and, and this, and this girl. And, you know, even now my so-called brother, uh, I've, I just feel oftentimes that I, I do too much for people. You know what I mean? I, I've been asking my fiance lately just cause I, I've been on been on this journey to try to be a nicer, more kind, more generous person because I, I know I can be an asshole sometimes. And so I've really been trying for, for me spiritually and, and to make the world a better place, just try to be a better person, try to be nicer, try to be more giving without expectation of, of receiving. And at, at a certain point, you just got to realize like, am I doing too, have, have I always done too much for people? Have I been too willing to too kind, too uh, accepting of things. And my, my fiance was like, yeah, you, some, you are, but that's just who you are. And I wouldn't change it for the world, you know? And I, I, that's something I'm working on now is just accepting that without the kind of backlash that you get, you know, like you're super kind and, and helpful to somebody. And then they, they're not the same way back. It's kind of rough, but that's a learning process. I'd have oh, to yeah. say. Oh yeah, yeah. It's, it's no, not definitely. a damn it, L. <laughs> you got me all in. I'm all emotional. No, I'm okay. Uh, I'm actually. This is probably the best time of my life. Uh, despite as we were talking before the show, despite all the craziness, despite the state of the world. I mean, I've learned so much in these last few years about life, about myself, what's important. I feel like if anything, what no matter what side of this whole, you know, last two years of psyops and, and, uh, um, you know, emotional trauma you've been, you've been on, it's taught you what's important. I feel like anybody can, what's really important in life, right? You know, um, it's not about the, the job or the, or maybe it is, uh, you know, it's not about all those things. It's about what makes you happy and what matters most to you. And that's for me, that's my family. It's my, uh, the people who I make my family, you know what I mean? Family's not always blood, but, uh, it's, it's, it's been a crazy two years, but I wouldn't be where I'm at if I hadn't gone through all those betrayals. I wouldn't understand. I I just wouldn't, I wouldn't be in the the headspace that I'm in if I hadn't gone through that, you know, and those things taught me to be skeptical, (laughs) you know, those experiences taught me to be weary of the information that you receive, you know, and, just because someone says, Hey, I, I trust you. You know, I love you. Trust me. Uh, don't give it willingly, you know, whether it be someone you love or, or a friend or a family member or the, the government or your work or whatever, be very wary. That's, that's what I've learned. Well, and I feel like it just really comes down to actions speak louder than words. So yeah. if someone's constantly saying you should trust me, or, you know, I love you or things like that, but then they're constantly hiding their phone and, you know, it's not around your birthday or anything. So you don't have a reason that they would be hiding their phone. Um, my ex-husband cheated on me. I knew it before we got married. I knew it before we got engaged, tried to call off the wedding, still got married, uh, found out he was cheating after. So like, I get it. Like, and then he ended up dating a woman who I thought was my best friend. So I trust me. I totally, totally get it. I'm sorry to bring all that up then I'm, but oh, I'm no. sure you, you've, you're, you're past it and you're happy oh, yeah. things, but okay. it's hard, you know, you, I, and I, the thing is like, I had a feeling, you know what I mean? I, I didn't have proof, but I had a feeling. Yeah. This gut feeling that you're just like, something is off. This person is off. 
And then they make you feel crazy. And then they make you wonder, well, you know, they haven't, I don't have any proof of it. So how do I know? And then it, you doubt yourself. And I feel like that doubt within yourself is some of the most destructive because the only person you can ever have in your life truly is you. Mm-hmm. And so that doubt in yourself is damaging in so many different ways. Oh yeah. And then just the the inadequacy you feel once the truth has been revealed, you know what I mean? Cause you have that doubt. You're, you were doubting yourself because you trust this person or, or the situation and then you feel stupid on two fronts, right? Because they lied to you and you were, you were lying to yourself in a way. And that's, yeah. oh man, that gets you. And I, you know, the same goes with it. It's the gaslighting, you know what I mean? The making you feel crazy. And, you know, we see that uh, uh, everywhere today, you know, just oh, yeah. it's it, something's not like, we'll, we'll, we'll hear something or read something or see something. And uh, that doesn't sound right to me. That sounds off, you know, and then, oh no, you're, it's 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 the truth that's what it is you know you're you're crazy you might be a a conspiracy theorist you know because you you believe you're not believing what we're telling you or if it's in a personal relationship type thing uh you you know you you might be uh are you on drugs are you what do you do you know what i mean my favorite Uh, is why don't you trust me don't you trust me and then you're like well maybe and then it starts this whole fight so but yeah, even but, three-letter agencies, mainstream media, whatever, if you don't just automatically trust them, you're the bad person. You're despite the crazy the track person. record too, right? Like you right. said, you knew, your, you knew your ex was cheating on you and you're like, oh, no, 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 I'll give him another chance, you know, because you've been gaslit and you're gaslighting yourself. And so you're like, okay, yeah, it's, you're right. And then even though you have, a, you have a proven track record of the behavior, you still go, you still go along with it. And it's not your fault necessarily, right? Because- what else are you supposed to, you don't know anything else, you know? And I like what you said about uh, that question. Like, don't you trust me? And it got me thinking, I've never had to ask my fiance, nor my, you know, the woman mm-hmm. I'm now, I've never had to ask her, nor has she asked me, don't you trust me? You know, I, we've never had to ask that to each other, which is unless we're playing a game, you know, sometimes yeah, yeah, yeah. hey, stop tickling me. Okay. I'll stop. What? You don't trust me. You know, and then right. she'll, you know, choke me out and tickle me, which is fine. But uh, I hate that so much. I hate getting tickled. <laughs> oh, so do I. No, and my, you try and tickle my feet and I will like no holds barred. If I have my knife on me, like whatever, I'm going to use it. Like do not tickle my feet. It's so funny because it's a pleasant feeling, right? Like at its core. No, it's not. It's laughter and it's like, you know, fuzzy, but it's, it's like, ah, yeah. I, oh, I, God. I saw this thing and I don't know how true it is, but part of the reason, so you can't tickle yourself because tickling is basically a fear response. Really, and, so you, and you can't scare yourself. And so I don't know how true this is, but if you try and tickle your own feet or wherever else you're ticklish, you can't do it because you can also anticipate the motions. Mm-hmm. Someone else doing it, you can't anticipate what they're doing. So and so all- it's, <laughs> so it's, it, it's a type of fear response. That's so crazy. And that's why some people hate it so much, but that's also why some ki- people love it. Like people who like roller coasters and they have that adrenaline like rush. Like little kids too. Like little, little kids. kids. Yeah. That's how they get their adrenaline rush. That's great. I because it. I, I'm thinking back now, like that kind of child mindset. You know, like you know, my dad would like look at me and like I didn't. You know, I'd look at him like I knew we were playing. I didn't know what was going to happen. You know, and, and then and then I get tickled. You know, it's like ah, you got me. That kind of thing. That's I didn't. I learned. Thank you, Elle. I learned something new today about tickling, and <laughs> I'm gonna try to scare the shit out of my fiance by ticking tickling her until she pees. That'll be. Fun. <laughs> 
Listen, I, I was not part of this plan. If your fiance listens to this, no, this is not won't. my idea. <laughs> she doesn't even listen to my podcast. It's all good. <laughs> all right. We're safe. But yeah, no, the, I, I love how I, I logged into Instagram earlier to check your message and it, they had fact checked me from a post from February 28th. And I was like, I typically don't post. So I went and tried to find it. For reference, today is May 17th. The fact check a story that I had posted, which means it expires 24 hours later, back from like February 24th or something. They've been doing that to me too. Like months later on stories, not even posts. Right. And it's three posts from someone else's. Yes. That's so, ugh. And, and then you can't even look at it because it's just this little screenshot of the story. So, and it's small and you're like, what, you, what even was this? I don't even know. Yeah. The, the yeah. fact, yeah, it's, it's the gaslighting. It's like, no, you're wrong. It, and when it, when they go back like that, I assume it's just an algorithm or the original post or something, what something got flagged. Right. But I think when they go back in time like that, it, it's very reminiscent of the whole 1984 memory hole where they change yeah. headlines and facts and things in from from the past yep to reflect what what's happening now and well, that, that I, ugh, just makes me uncomfortable well and that's like when they try to like take down like the confederate statues like in the south and stuff like they're trying to normalize i guess history so it fits the narrative now which doesn't make sense because people have done things throughout history that are atrocious mm-hmm. like regardless of the country whatever but there's still statues up to certain people because of them. And so we're just going to take them down. Why? And like some of the statues that were taken down, they didn't murder anybody. They didn't, they just fought on quote the wrong side of history. Yeah. Well, And, and you know, it's, I don't know how you feel about Trump. I, I don't know how I feel about Trump, but you know, he, he even said, you know, okay, it's the Confederate generals. Now it'll be Abraham Lincoln and George Washington and Tom or Jefferson next. And everyone was like, no, and then sure as shit, a year later, yep. they're coming after Abraham Lincoln statues, George Washington, and all these guys. And yeah, I'm sure by today's standards, all of them were tyrants and bigots and assholes. And racist if, and all the other things. But, but if you remember, if you only remember people for the terrible things we do, they did, uh, there would be no history. You know what I mean? It would be, uh, there would be nothing to be proud of. There would be nothing that holds a culture together. And that's what it comes down to is the uh, erasure of the culture of the American story. Cause even if it is bullshit, right. At least it was something that we could get behind. You know what I mean? Like, right. I'm sh- absolutely. We need to recognize the the atro- atrocities of the past. Right. It, it, no one's proud of that, but right. being from the South living here my whole life, there is a Southern pride. It really is that kind of, Hey, we don't have to let anybody tell us what to do. We've done it. You know what I mean? It's not, mm-hmm. No one, no one that I know, no one in my life is like, man, we almost kicked their ass and we almost, you know, kept like, cause ask any, I mean, I have, I, there's descendants of those people here and they'll tell, you know, and the true history, you know, they'll tell you it's not necessarily about this or that or, or whatever it is it, that's skewed. I'm sure. Cause the winners write the, write the books, but, yep. um, but it's not, take the race issues out of it. It was a, uh, you know, it it was a it was a you know no one can tell us what to do kind of thing, uh, which you know I I try to take that into consideration, um, and you know it was uh, I went to my grandfather's funeral last last summer and 
uh, it was in Mississippi and there's a, it was a beautiful cemetery. I mean, it was just, it was gorgeous. And um, there's a whole section of the cemetery dedicated to unknown Confederate soldiers. And it was, it was just, and there's generals and they were, they were, you know, memorialized. And I think that's great. You know, I don't I have no problem with that. And then as I was looking it up, you know, on my phone in the car or whatever about these, the battles that took place there, uh, it, there was something called the, uh, I don't even remember what it was called. It was some sort of, uh, it was something whole. It was like someone's whole Natchez whole. I don't know what it was, but it was essentially after the war, the, the union army came in and, uh, gathered up all the freed slaves and threw them in a pit to die. They're like 20,000 freed slaves because they were racist. I mean, the, the union soldiers came in it, it. So it's like, we don't know, you know, history is, is skewed. It's, it, it's all these things. And, um, yeah, I don't know how we got, got on this, but, uh, <laughs> listen, uh, it happens. It's all right. It happens. It happens. But, um, yeah, we just, we have to be careful and it, and the internet's a great thing. We, we, we have receipts, you know, we're, we're at least people in our kind of world are we're keeping track of this kind of stuff that's going on and and it'll come it'll come around i think uh i try not to be all doom and gloom you know but uh the more you know the more you know and and you can't uh, unknow it and it's not like you always have answers or solutions but you know and this is something that i've been struggling with too as a as a younger guy i guess uh trying to you know just coming into the world uh you know i always have to remind myself that once a week i play the play the songs by billy joel we didn't start the fire and vienna by billy joel because we didn't start the fire it kind of puts into perspective that shit's always been crazy it's not just this lifetime um you know not it's not just me i'm not special mm-hmm. while i do think i'm in we're in some sort of acceleration period uh shit's always been crazy right just listen to the lyrics of the song you know Marilyn Monroe. Yeah. And then uh, Vienna, which is, you know, slow down. You're doing fine. You can't be everything you want to be before your time. And uh, that's because I, I, in growing up, it's like you have to do this. You have to do that. And, you know, I social media, whatever it may be, uh, I feel like I have to be fucking set now, by now, by the time I'm 30. Like, I got to get my shit together. You know what I mean? It's like, eh, hey, chill out. You're good. You know? I'll be 31 uh, in July and I don't have my shit together. So it's fine. And you're fine. And you're fine. <laughs> right? Everything's good. You're alive. You're breathing. You're happy. Exactly. Ish. I'm sure you're happy ish, uh, you know, but that's, that's those in regards to whatever's going on in the world. Just, I try to tell myself those, those things. Well, and I feel like our parents and grandparents had a very different um, way of living and their expectations, their expectations where, you know, you get married, you buy a house, you have kids, blah, 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 but they could also live on one income. Now mm-hmm. you can't do that. You know, most families, they both adults in the household have to work. And whether that's, um, a typical nine to five or a small business, or, you know, you're freelancing or a side business or whatever, it is very rare that you can just live off one income. Mm-hmm. unless both of those people have not gone to college and one of them went to a trade school and they don't have any debt. Debt's a big thing. Yeah. Like my student loan debt is stupid expensive over $200,000 in student loan debt. Oh, you went to medical school. You did medical. 
training, correct? I didn't do medical. I got my master's. Yeah, but in in the pharmaceutical field, correct? Uh, I work in pharma, but I I don't like write prescriptions or anything. I'm the person. I'm the. I was the geek in the lab. Right, right. So, but I'm saying you had very technical training. Yeah, uh, yeah. And I so yeah, two hundred thousand. You probably went to a good school, quote unquote, a good school that was yeah. you know expensive as fuck. You know, I I could have gone to anywhere in the state of Texas for free, but I was like no, and I went to a fucking shitty private school in Northern Illinois. Uh, and I, it, you know, I, I got scholarships, but fuck, I'm, I'm still in tons of debt. So, oh, yeah. uh, and I got an acting degree. So basically I'm minored in homelessness and, uh, you know, it's, it was, it's not a very lucrative career. Let's just say that there's, even if it was, there are 10,000 other minimum 10,000 other Kyles in the business that look just like me and are probably better that, and then we'll get the jobs. You know what I mean? So and I think that goes for any field, really, you know, it, the, it's oversaturated because all these kids in our generation would go to school, get a degree, all the and fuck, I'm glad I know how to swing a hammer. Otherwise, I wouldn't have a fucking job, you know? <laughs> well, and honestly, I feel like so many kids are pushed into the college career. They're pushed into the, you have to have a degree to get this quote unquote good job. But the people who go to electrician school or some type of trade school or things like that, they make so much more money out of the gate mm-hmm. and are in little to no debt. And those trade skills, kids don't want to do it because it's not cool. It's not the white collar. It's not what they see on TV. It's not what heck or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. And so it's frowned upon, but and then it's I also hard work too. Like it's backbreaking work. Often it is. It is. And people don't want to do that. They don't want to work. They don't want to think. They just want everything handed to them. Just gimme, 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 gimme. They're noodle boys. I don't know if you get that reference, but some people out there might get it. They're they're noodle boys. Um, it's from the the No Agenda podcast, which if, if you don't listen to, it's it's a great show. And um, they uh they have a a, a clip that they always reference uh, a news article, a news clip about this guy who worked at a noodles store, like you know, like a ramen place. Okay, and he was like you know revolting against the boss and he was like well they just you know they tell us when to show up and like how to cook the noodles and like you know what to do while we're here and it's like that's not how it should work you know and so basically he's a noodle boy because like we're a generation of noodle boys where we just we don't want to be told what to do or how to do it and it's like that's called having a job you know what i mean and um it, it, you know you said kids are being pushed into the college thing and i agree it, it's it's happening but my fiance is a high school teacher and they are pushing very hard for trade schools. I mean, the high schools now are expanding into having more trade tech program. I mean, like shop classes coming back. That's great. You know, auto body stuff, uh, all those things are coming back and you can actually uh, in some places you can basically go to school half the time and go do these uh, trade programs and graduate with your, electrician electrician certificate or your uh you know auto body mechanic certificate or at least have like an apprenticeship lined up when you get out of school and it it goes back to that whole cost benefit analysis thing which is something you learn in like senior year economics or something in high school and you're like fire you, you know you don't get it but it's the the cost benefit analysis is like okay so i can spend $20,000 a year for 4 years to go to school to potentially make a hundred thousand dollars a year once I get out. So that's, you know, you do the math on that, add it up, whatever. So you're basically down 80 grand when you start. Right. But if you started and you went to a trade school and you're making 
40, $50,000 a year, your first couple of years. And then by that fourth year, you're making a hundred thousand dollars a year. You're up, you know, two or $300,000 on top of someone who went to school. So it's that, but it's not easy. You know, it's not a, you know, it's not a either. I think either way, it's not necessarily easy school. I mean, college wasn't a breeze. I mean, the classwork was that I always say that the school part was always the easiest for me because I'm, I'm a master bullshitter. I can write a paper about and tell you exactly what you want to hear, exactly how you want to hear it. Man, I got a great GPA in college. But the hardest part was learning to – I went to school a 1,000 miles away from my home. And the hardest part was learning how to fucking take care of myself and, you know, all that, how to be, how to be a person that wasn't Kyle in high school, you know. So that was – that's the hardest part. And I'm, I'm grateful for that, but fuck the education was dog shit. <laughs> I mean, dog shit. <laughs> so you were indoctrinated, not educated. A hundred. And I thought I was being enlightened, you know, oh, yeah. while I was there. And then I, I came back to Texas and I was like, Oh, sh-. like I was a, a liberal for a long time. Like when I was in school and everything. And then it took coming back to Texas and being like, Oh shit, these are my people. And I don't agree with that. And I don't, I don't like this this you know mindset or whatever and oh man i was you know i'm not a like a con or whatever or or republican but i'm just like fuck all that shit you know i'm i'm done leave me alone give me my guns don't tax me and leave me alone that's all i want (laughs) exactly you do you i do me and as long as no one's hurting anybody or touching anybody's property we're good golden rule it's a golden rule i mean we learned it when we were kids and we forget it you know it's it's uh man but yeah i mean that's a that's a speed bump too for a lot of people is that whole um you know what do you do when you're 18 years old you know i have what do you do that's a speed bump but it's a, i think it's a necessary one regardless of what you do you got to learn how to do shit you know whatever it is and if it's something you love you know even better you know so like when i was in school as much as i loved acting and performing and directing and being on stage and stuff i took every opportunity i could get you know, and I spent, if I wasn't on stage, I was backstage or I was in the shop, you know, working on the sets and, and building things. And I, I took those skills to heart. And that's what I'm doing now is actually building, you know, I'm still in the field, but I'm, I'm backstage and it's, it's great. I, I actually have a job, <laughs> you know, when, when COVID hit and all my actor friends, I mean, they all moved back home with their parents and, you know, were on an un- unemployment, you know, cause they were not that they weren't be, do, successful or doing well, but you know, they didn't know how to do anything else, you yeah. know, they didn't have any other employable skills, employable skills. That's right. <laughs> oh, and, and yeah, I wanted to ask you this, cause this is uh, kind of something I've been thinking about a lot is like, yeah, the podcast is great, but, and, and for listeners out there, if you want to make a ton of money, start a conspiracy podcast, there's tons of money in it. You'll, you'll just be rolling in it. Okay. Uh, but for some reason, I'm not making any money. So uh, <laughs> something I've been wanting to do is I, I would like to start my own business, you know, and I just don't know what that is. I know it's a lot of work and I kind of like coming home and not doing anything after work, but uh, I know that's not kind of what it takes to do it. And so have how has your kind of journey been if we, you know, can talk about that for just a sec? Because I'm curious. Yeah. I, wanted I, you know and obviously i'm gonna have you come on my show and we can no 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 talk no. About some you're good things, no no you're good so yeah i had i had started my business back in february of 2020 which was basically at the time just essential oils 
custom blended in the rollers with uh, crystals in them. And I was infusing them with Reiki because your anxiety might be different than your fiance's anxiety might be different than my anxiety. So I was customizing the oils and the crystals to each person. Well, then the world went crazy a month later and no one wanted to take off their face diapers and smell anything. So it kind of put a damper on things, but finding out how to form an LLC and the best way to source the materials and the best way to, um, okay, now that I have my retail license, I can buy things wholesale and the discounts I could actually get on that. So if you went into a crystal store and they're charging 12 bucks, they actually probably bought it for three and seeing that price difference was really amazing. Um, and like seeing the markup of things and how versus how things really cost or how much they really cost uh, was eye opening. And so it's definitely been a, a learning experience one after the other of, you know, started off on Etsy and Etsy just takes fees and I, I hate it. So I'm trying to I do my own website Etsy sale on my, some of my woodworking stuff. I made one Etsy sale and then I quit Etsy. I was like, yeah. this is a scam. This is a hundred percent. Unless you're doing massive amounts of volume, it is a, it is not worth it. A hundred percent. So now I'm in the, okay, so I should probably get my own website. I, I am not very tech savvy. So I'm like, okay, how do I do my own website? How do I do this? How do I link credit cards? How do I, and it's literally just either talking to people or hours in front of my computer going, okay, how do I do this? Mm -hmm. And a lot of trial and error and it's not for the people, like you said, that just want to come home and relax after work because you may be up till midnight, one o'clock trying to figure something out. And especially if you're also working a job at the same time, mm -hmm. it can consume all of your free time. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that's kind of my hold up. Not that I don't believe I could, I could make it happen. You know what I mean? Like I said, if, if it's a responsibility, I make a commitment, I'm going to do it, you know? Uh, like with the podcast, I, I show up to the podcast and I do it. I might not do all the post-production when I say I'm going to do it, but I get it done, you know? Um, but yeah, I, I, and that's what I hear. I mean, my, my, both my parents have their own businesses and it's, you're always working, you know, you're always working. So I just need to, I guess I don't know what I want to do yet. I guess I just if don't you wanna... love it. If you love it, it's not going to be work. It's not going to be work like you're doing now where you're like, oh, I get tired of it and I can't wait to go home. And I just, you know, you're adding up those vacation days. If you truly love your business, it's not going to be work like you're doing now. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It's for, it's freeing in a different sense, right? hundred percent. Whereas you might, you might not have as much free time. It's still a freeing experience. And that's all I've heard from people is that, yeah, it's, it's a lot of work and a lot of time and I'm up late and I'm tired, but man, I would rather, I wouldn't rather do anything else. You know, I, this is exactly where I want to be. So that's good to know, uh, coming from someone who, who has done it and is in the process of doing it. So thank you. I'm going to, I'm going to work on that this, this, uh, this coming year I, planning a wedding is not fun <laughs> no it's not it's i not recently fun. i recently just got married again so it, congratulations it, yeah, i get it thank you yeah Did we you got simple the second time around <laughs> oh yeah very simple the second time around got married in our house but we got married on tuesday 222 2022 at 222 oh. in the afternoon oh you are you an occult member what's going on with you i mean i know the, right you align the stars and you know drink your potions <laughs> and say your magic i mean what what's going on with you l no that's really cool though you'll never and you will never forget it and oh. if your your husband has no excuse to forget it at this point so that's a good call on your part 
Yeah. And I, like, I found out the date and I loved the date. And then I also found out that it was on a Tuesday. I was like, well, I like, that has to be the day. Mm-hmm. When is this ever wow. going to happen again? Yeah, that's fantastic. Well, congratulations. That's, that's great. Um, that's, that's awesome. I'm, I'm looking forward to it. I, I, I'm just saying I'm looking forward to being married, not all the stuff beforehand. Like, Oh, it's not fun. Big weddings are a pain in the ass. Yeah. And she wants a big wedding. So I think, I feel like every girl thinks they do until they do until they have it. And then they're like, I didn't actually talk to anybody. My dress was super tight and uncomfortable. I didn't actually get to eat anything. And I ran around stressing the entire time as opposed to actually enjoying my new husband. So if I, I'm going to connect you with my fiance, <laughs> you can talk to her. <laughs> Listen, I'm more than happy to, but like a, a lot of girls want that. And I thought I did too. So she, she wants it. And you know, I'm, I do too. I'm excited, but man, it's, and also we picked the worst time ever. I mean, things are crazy expensive right now and oh yeah, it's impossible to get things. It's, it's, it's great. But as I said earlier, just keep going. You know what I mean? What can you do? Got to keep going. If you stop living your life because of what might happen. Exactly. And I, I t- I'm telling you this, but I'm also telling myself this. <laughs> I struggle with this every day. And for anyone listening, anytime I give advice on a podcast, it's usually for me too. So don't think I know everything. I'm, I'm usually just telling myself what I need to hear and you're listening to it. So just keep that in mind. <laughs> no, I love that. One thing that really helped me to get my business started, and it sounds super simple, is commit to 30 minutes a day that you're actually going to sit down and do something productive because I feel like everyone has 30 minutes. And so maybe instead of watching that Netflix show or whatever, just 30 minutes and even just make it Monday through Friday. So you have your weekends free, but 30 minutes every day or every weekday that you're like, okay, I'm seriously going to sit down and do something to move this business forward. Whatever that something is. And set a timer. Yeah. Do 30 minutes, like set a timer and turn, you know, focus in for 30 minutes. Yeah. Yeah, And if you go over great, but at least do 30 minutes because at the end of the week, that's two and a half hours. Mm -hmm. It it goes for anything you want to do better. Like, you know, whether it's exercise or fitness or meal prep or whatever it is, you, that, that, principle can be applied to whether it's a book you want to read. I'm terrible at reading books. You know what I mean? Um, so yeah. And that kind of goes back to what we were saying, you know, like what's really important to you and can you, can you, uh, focus on those things, whatever they may be, whether it's your business, your family or your garden or your body or whatever, you got to focus on it, you know? So that, that, that's good to hear. And uh, I'm glad that things are going well for you, both in, your relationships and in your business. That's awesome. And you started a podcast, which is amazing. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. It's uh, been quite the year. Oh, it has. It's been quite the year. <laughs> yes. Oh gosh. And we're only halfway through. Not even. So. I know. I don't even know what's going to happen. Nope. Speaking of not knowing what's going to happen, you said in your Instagram message, and maybe there's, this was a typo, but you said, you know, about world, how world events are going to unfold and how those events are stopping you from doing right. certain things. Yeah. That's what I was, what I was just saying basically is, you know, like the Billy Joel song, like I was just talking about, you know, if you don't make this, you know, don't live your life how you want to live it because of what's going on in the news or, what's not going on in the news, but you might be in tune to, or you might know about, 
th- that's no excuse to forego your life and forego uh you know progress towards your goals because it and I keep reminding myself you know the world's it's the fire it's always burning since the world was turning you know what I mean so and life has gone on so even if we do enter some sort of weird totalian you know techno fascist state I'm still gonna have to like do things right I'm still gonna have goals and and aspirations and things and yeah they might be harder to achieve that they might not you know uh, who knows? Maybe the, the the brain chip will make me much more faster. I can I can be more productive. I can do do things better. You know, I can read all the books I've been wanting to read. But that's what I'm saying is like, this is something I struggle with all the time is not doing stuff one out of fear of it not being perfect the first time. Like we like we said, I'm a big yeah. perfectionist. And two, oh, I'm we're all you know out of fear of like, oh, why would I waste my time on a podcast uh, when I should be like you know. Uh, buying food and, you know, digging a ditch around my house and, you know, uh, loading my guns and cleaning them and, you know, fattening up the cat in case I need to eat it, you know, all these things. I mean, all these things go through my head every day, every day. I'm like, oh my God, you know, or, uh, or, you know, we got to stop the new world order. We have to, uh, what, what can I do? Do I, I'm going to call my con. Oh, fuck my congressman. I can't call him. You know, he's a piece of shit. All, all these things. It's like, Hey, Kyle, chill out, chill the fuck out. You know, and this is, I struggle with this every day. So that was kind of, it's more of a daily speed bump that I have to just tune out and I have to just focus and uh, do what I can, you know, or at least make myself useful in the new technocratic fascist society, Uh, you know, at least know how to, how to operate in it and, uh, (laughs) you know, or take steps to, to get, you know, out of it any way you can. But man, it's, uh, it's just, you never know my idea of what my life was going to be like even two or three years ago has drastically changed because of the events that are unfolding. And I kind of want to get back to what that idea was going to, you know, was not necessarily, you know, just work a job and all this stuff, but like shit is not okay. You know what I mean? It's not okay, but I can be okay with it. Not being okay. Does that make sense? Not like be okay with it. Like it's good. And I'm going to, but just ex- accept the things you cannot change and move on. You know what I mean? And that's, that's hard. And, and there's a lot of power in saying no too. just simply saying no, you know, whether it be a mask mandate or, you know, show me your papers, please kind of thing or whatever. It may, just there's power in no, you know what I mean? You cannot consent to things and um, it might just be a little thing, but it can get, it can, you know, what, what's that old phrase? You know, it only takes 1% of the world. 1% of a population to change the outcome of the other 99%, you know? Yeah. And so two things come to mind with that. Uh, one is no is a complete sentence made by the period at the end. Mm-hmm. And the two is that meme that you see where, you know, there's people on one side with like a whip or something and everyone's laying down. And then the next frame is like two or three people are standing up and everyone else is behind them laying down. But, you know, the person with the whip is still there. And then there's only maybe like 20 out of like the hundred that are standing up. But then the three people that had the whip are now gone. Mm -hmm. And so it just takes that small portion to actually stand up and do something. And I know there's a lot of debate of, well, that's through voting or that's through this or that's through homeschooling or that's through going off grid. Or I feel like everyone has their own idea of what the right thing to do is. 
but I feel like the right thing to do is whatever is right for you as a person yeah, and what's right for you as a person might not be right for your next door neighbor or your mom or your dad or your best friend. Oh, a hundred percent. And you can't, you can't, cannot give knowledge to those who do not seek it. You cannot, uh, you cannot force anybody to go along with what you believe is right. You just have to help them empower themselves to do what they believe is right. And whether that's, you know, wear a mask and, and, you know, yell at people who don't, that's on them. You know, that's their karma. That's their, that's their juju. Um, but, and you're saying, you know, do the right thing. There are a lot of things I would like to do to, to not, you know, to stop these, the, what I consider these evil lizard people. But I, in my heart, I know it's not the right thing to do. You know what I mean? Right. There are things I would like to do, but I'm not going to do them, you know, cause I, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, oh yeah. but I, you know, just learn how to play the game and you can be, you know, you can beat a game once you learn how to play it. You know what I mean? Oh yeah. hundred percent. You can follow the rules of the game. You can follow, you know, you can follow the path of the, of the storyline, but you can still come out on top. You might get knocked down a few times. You might, there might be some hard levels or some bosses or whatever it may be, but you, you, you learn how to play the game and you get through it, you know? Um, but there's cheat codes, there's cheat codes that might, you know, crash the whole system, but you know, then, then you can't play the game and the game is meant to be fun. The game is meant to be played, you know? And, uh, yeah, it's, so that was kind of my, that, that speed bump that I've been dealing with now and I'm getting over, I'm trying to focus more on, you know, just doing my own thing. And, but man, every now and then I see something and I'm like, oh fuck, (laughs) no, how can I stop this terrible thing happening? It's like, you can't just, just keep going, you know? Yeah. You just, you just have to let it go and control what you can control. And, uh, that's a really, really hard thing to do. Um, just recognizing that you can't control everything or, you know, like you said, especially the people that you love helping them wake up to something. And if they don't want to hear it, it doesn't necessarily matter what you say. If they're not open to it, the chance of them just hearing you randomly isn't going to work. It might, honestly, they might be more receptive to someone who isn't so close to the situation. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Like for example, like my, my mom, um, you know, she's like the the best woman I know in my, in my life. And she's basically gotten kind of based these last couple of years. I mean, she is just like, she is pissed off at, you know, the mask and the whole situation. And now she knows she hates the libs and all this stuff. And, uh, and, but she watches Fox news, which is, you know, that's a step in the right direction. But I told her, I was like, like, like Tucker Carlson and things like that. And I, I told her, I was like, mom, I'm, that's great. I'm glad you're not watching, you know, CNN anymore or whatever, but you do realize that it's still propaganda, right? They're still lying to you. There's, you know, like one day she texted me and she was like, I think I'm going to donate some money to the, to the Ukraine. And I was like, why would you do that? And she's like, well, you know, like I, I'm just so emotional. Like the, the news was saying like, there's these kids that are in trouble and stuff. And I was like, so then you watch the news and it, it elicited an emotional response. And she's like, yeah. And I was like, that's how you know it's propaganda is if, yeah, if it, exactly you, it it's an emotional response from you. And she's like, yeah, I know but you're probably right, but all this stuff. And I was like, and mom, you're old enough to know that we've been lied into so many wars. Uh, and if anything, I mean, what were the last two years, mom, you know, they're lying to you about that. Why would you think they're telling you the truth about these kids in Ukraine? And she was like, yeah, you're probably like, it took her a while, but 
Yeah. She had to get there on her own. And then I was, she was open to me saying, Hey, if you're crying watching the news, it's not news. You know what I mean? Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, my parents, they still have, you know, Fox news playing all the time and, um, which Sometimes. is great. My mom's based as fuck and it's awesome, but still, it's still cool. an emotional. Yeah. And sometimes they'll be like, oh, did you hear about this? I was like, no, because I don't have the news playing 24 seven and I don't read the news and like, no. And they're like, well, how do you know what's going on in the world? I was like, because if it's that important, I'm sure I'd like, I, I, I would find out and I would try and tell them um, like when Q started to come out and I, I admittedly, I fell for the Q psyop for a little bit, like, mm. and then I was, I was like, up with it. yeah. <laughs> and then I was like, but guys, you know, I may, maybe something, something's off here, things like that. And they're like, no, it's going to happen. And they're like, we're like decoding everything. And so are some of my aunts and some of my uncles. And I'm just like, wow. oh dear goodness. That's how, you know, it's, it's uh when, when grandma and grandpa start talking about it, that's when, you know, you got to run. Like as soon as like someone in my family asked me about Bitcoin, you know, and then I like the next day it crashed and I was like, oh no. So as soon it goes with anything, as soon as it reaches like the everyday, cause I think I'm in, in tune to certain things. Like much mm-hmm. like you said, your parents say, well, did you hear about this? And you say, no, I do the same thing with, with my parents. Like I'll say, Hey, did you hear that the, the 194 countries of the United nations are coming together this weekend to sign a, a pandemic treaty headed by the world uh, health organization. And that it'll remove sovereignty from the countries that sign it. And they're like, what? No, I didn't hear about that on the news. So it, it goes both ways, right? It does. It does. It goes both ways. You got to be, and is that to get me to elicit an emotional response, right? Because I'm t- more tuned into other things happening. I don't know. It pisses me off though. <laughs> yeah. Are you, and that's a unique way to look at it. So like not everything that is on Fox News or CNN necessarily elicits a pro- elicits a emotional response and could be considered propaganda but one could also argue a lot of things that we hear or are in tune with or whatever. Um, a lot of those things definitely elicit an emotional response that get a lot of people angry. And is that propaganda? And how do we know that that's true? Yeah. Maybe that's, maybe that's, that's a good point because if I say, you know, using that logic, Oh, if you get an emotional response from it, it's propaganda, but maybe it's, that that could be true for the things that you and I are probably more in tune to, but it could also just be, this is the emotional response they don't want us to have based on this, on this thing, you know what I mean? Or, or, uh, so, so yeah, that's why they give us different, emo- you know, different stimuli on, on mainstream media, whereas on, on other things, you know, there's no outlet for us, for them to hear our emotional response where I, I don't know. It, it That's a good point. And I, people should consider that when they're reading things, you know, is this just to piss me off? Is it just a psyop like a Q thing? I mean, Q was a very emotional kind of driven thing. It was very spiritually driven, you know, like God's going to, you know, this is all this stuff. And it's, so you got to be careful. And the classic, you know, intelligence operation move is to put a little bit of truth into the lie. And then when it comes out to the public, that little bit of truth is then lumped in with the lie and it's all discredited. I mean, that happens all of the time. hundred percent, hundred percent. Yeah. And sorry, I, I didn't mean to get you worked up. <laughs> no, 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 no. But it, it, you're right. It makes you think like, and I'm 
like I said, not everything you hear on mainstream media is false or propaganda. And I feel like not everything that we hear either is false or propaganda, but then trying to discern what is what is hard for a lot of people. But the fact that if you are able to question it and if presented with information that doesn't match what you believe or first heard, then if you're willing to be open to new information about a subject, then you're probably in the right place, whatever that subject is. Right. And, and discernment is a big thing. I mean, if you're religious, you've been taught about discernment, right? Whether it comes to what the, what the religious texts say or what the, the preacher or the minister or the, the, the holy man says, whatever. I mean, the discernment is a big, is a big thing. And I think that goes to anything in, in life, whether it's information, whether it's relationships, whether it's, uh, you know, jobs or, or whatever, there's discernment in, in everything. And I think it's, it's not easy, but it's kind of on an individual level. No one can teach you discernment and you kind of just have to, you know, trial by fire, you know, like, Oh, I got screwed on that one. Not yep. going to do that again. And then like with the, the speed bumps, you know, like, it's a you learn something you eventually you're going to learn the speed bumps there if you keep going back over it over it, you know back and forth you're going to know it's there you're going to slow down and and then you'll keep going you know yeah but the first time or like a pothole on the road on your way to work like the first time you hit it you're like motherfucker you know yeah. and then every time after he's like i know it's there and sometimes it'll get you if you're not paying attention but every yeah. now and then it's you know most of the time if you once you learn you're going to be careful Yeah. You'll avoid it. You'll swerve. You'll, you know, whatever. Cause, but I also feel like if you're continuously going over that same speed bump, you're probably not learning a lesson that you should be. (laughs) Yeah. Go the other way. (laughs) Go the other way. Reroute, get a helicopter. I don't know, but clearly you're not learning. That's a solution to man. If I had a fucking helicopter, life would be different. Let me tell you. (laughs) Where would you go in this helicopter? Oh, just to work. You know, just I'd park on the roof. You know, I live a mile from my from my from my off like from the parking spot here to the parking spot at work is is less than a mile. But if I had a helicopter, shit, I would take the helicopter every day. Fuck it. <laughs> Why not? If you roll up to work in a helicopter, shit. <laughs> yeah, no one's gonna mess with you. Everyone's gonna want to be no. your best friend. Oh yeah, fuck. Hey, I'll take you home. You need to go to the grocery store. I'll I'll I'll, I'll drive you there. Let's go. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, my, 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 when I first job at pharmaceutical was like 90 miles each way. And then the second one was like 55 miles each way. So, uh, working from home and having my own business definitely has benefits, especially with gas prices. Yes. And traffic too. Like anytime I go, like my, my parents live in Dallas and anytime I go to visit, I'm just like, like I won't let my fiance drive because she's from a small town and, and we live in a small town. Like I said, I, I, I live very, very close to work. And so I don't have to deal with traffic. You know, my traffic is like someone taking too long at a stop sign, you know? And, uh, but when, anytime we go back to Dallas, I don't let her drive because she doesn't know how to operate in that kind of uh, environment, you know, or you have to just be, you know, you got to be Yeah. You have to drive aggressively and defensively at the same time, it's really, uh, uh, tra- screw gas, gas prices. I will pay $10 a gallon in gas to never do traffic again. You know, <laughs> I mean? never deal with traffic because the emotional toll, but even then, like even today here in West Texas, I saw $4 gas 
regular gas, you know? And I was like, holy shit. Like this was worse than Obama. <laughs> Cause I oh, remember yeah. when Obama, you know, I was, I was uh, first starting to drive, you know? And I was like, holy shit, I'm a teenager. I can't afford gas. You know, it's crazy. Yeah. I was in college and I live two and a half hours from home. So trying to come back was always really interesting. Um, and luckily my parents paid my gas bill, but mm. I remember my mom telling me, she's like, yeah, there was one month between her car and my dad's car. Cause they were both working at the time. Plus me, you know, just going to get groceries and then the occasional drive home, uh, was over a thousand dollars just in gas. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. It is not fun. Yeah. No, I think right now in Connecticut regular is like four sixty nine, four fifty nine. Oh my God. Well, thank God I'm in Texas then. It still sucks. I mean, everyone's feeling it, I think equally, you know, cause y'all yeah. are used to already higher stuff, but man, it's, uh, it's not fun. If someone could, uh, develop a water powered car and not get killed by the government when they figure it out, <laughs> that'd be great. <laughs> yeah. Uh, there's also these, these things called gasifiers too, which are, uh, basically wood burning, uh, engines that uh, people in the, you know, weird, you know, think like your grandpa tinkering out in the garage, you know, like dudes just came up with it and they were able to, cause if you consider like the price of like wood, you know, firewood. Yeah. I think a guy got the math down to like a penny a mile, you know, he would just, he had a flatbed truck, put this device in the back of his truck, hooked it up to his gas tank and then just had a pile of wood on it. And you know, he would throw, just throw wood in and keep going. And anytime he needed to, he'd take some, you know, stop, throw some more wood in and keep going. He, I think he said he could get like 50 miles on a dead cat or something like that. It would, anything that burns, it would give you, get you gas. So there's ways there are, there is technology, whether it be simple or advanced to get around this dependency on, uh, fossil fuels or, or whatever it, you know, there's ways to get around it. You're looking like, is my oh no. So my, so I like, uh, true crime shows. And so in my head, I was like, huh, that'd be a really convenient way. If you just killed someone, you can just burn their body and then they never know. And you'd fuel your car, your getaway car. It'd be great. <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay. L <laughs> that's a little too far there. What is it with, 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 uh, and I'm not trying to be, uh, I'm not trying to generalize, but women in true crime, there's something to it. I mean, I've, I'm barely interested unless it's like a serial killer. I'm like, Oh, I'd like to know how he thinks, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. But as far as true crime and stuff, I'm interested, but it seems like across the board that women are just all about it. I don't know what it is. I feel like that is true. I feel like, I think it's like the danger of it, you know, like, Oh, you know, what if I was in that situation? And I think, uh, I think South Park did a great episode on this called It was called murder porn, you know, like couples would watch these true crime shows and like, the you know the the threat of the idea of you know being kidnapped and all this stuff like it turned them on or something and so mm -hmm. the the adults would watch what quote unquote murder porn and then like fuck like animals and I I don't know it's, there's got to be something subconscious to it and I'm not blaming or accusing or anything but yeah yeah it's interesting to me I just uh, I feel like like you know who watches the most crime shows you know I feel like it's it's women or people oh, no. who identify as women. I identify as women. Shut up. We don't do that here. It's <laughs> men and women and that's it. Oh, um, yeah. oh thank you. <laughs> but no. Yeah. And I don't know if it's 
serial killers or um you know like shows like criminal minds or ncis or whatever the mystery of it yeah yeah i don't know if it's the mystery of it or just seeing their thought process of how something is figured out because i always like understanding people's logic of how they came to a conclusion Mm. obviously they're tv shows and they're not real and there's like a bunch of things missing in there um but i always like understanding people's thought process on things and how they get from a to z because sometimes someone will say something and I'm like, how did you even get there? Mm, And then mm. if I feel like if they can't explain it to me, I'm like, well, and depending upon the conversation, I'm like, well, are you really that convicted about it? Or do you really understand it? Or are you just parroting something? Yeah, that's a good point. I never thought about it as kind of putting the puzzle pieces together and understanding the the thought process. Cause that's, that's probably the, what's the, what's intriguing about it is, how did it get because unsolved mysteries aren't as fun to study or listen to or watch you know it's you want a solution right and so how did you get to the solution from something that seemed impossible to solve so i that makes sense i'm and like i said i wasn't trying to generalize but um that's interesting so uh yeah and i trust me i watch those shows too like you know um what's the one criminal minds oh i love that show it's great because that's you know the whole serial killer mindset how did how do these and it takes a special kind of person too to be able to figure those things out you know you got to really know your know your stuff or just be crazy you know takes one to know one you know yeah definitely and i I, it's funny i used to be able to watch so i never liked like scary movies like saw or anything like that that never appealed to me Mm -mm. um but i would be able to watch like criminal minds or whatever and i'd see the gore on the tv and the tv so it's not like gore gore but i'd be like oh it's fine and i feel like now since i've becoming i had my spiritual awakening or whatever cliche term that you want to use (laughs) um i don't like looking at that stuff anymore like i'm still intrigued by the thought process but i like i kind of just turn away when they bring up certain scenes i'm just like eh, i don't really need to see that mm-hmm. yeah um i'm kind of the same way too when it comes to like like my fiance really likes uh supernatural and it's a great show i like it but it's very blasphemous and i'm not like super religious in that regards but i'm just like it's very demonic it doesn't feel this doesn't feel right like i, I don't know if i want to watch them punching the character who's supposed to be god in the face you know or killing him i'm like whether, it, you know, I know it's just a show and it's fun or whatever, but I was just like, this feels odd. And, you know, the whole predictive programming aspect of it, it's like, oh, my God, like I, I, I've I, ruined movies, you know, and oh, yeah. shows for myself and for anyone who watches them with me. It's <laughs> I'm sorry, people out there. It's just I got to point some things out. I'll usually do it after after the movie. I'll let you watch it and I'll go, hey, remember that part? You know, what would you think about that? You know, um, yeah. So, yeah, just got to be it's it's all there it's all happening you gotta it's right in front of you if you look for it and it's like we said earlier once you see it you can't unsee it you know right but then i also feel like some people take looking into things to the extreme and they just overanalyze and they think there's a message in every single thing that happens and i'm just like slow down there like yeah, guilty is charged yeah but not every peace sign means something or not every hand signal means something (laughs) Yeah, it's like maybe they were just scratching their 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 chest, you know. <laughs> right. Like or sometimes you know, I'll sit like this, you know, just with my hands like this is a common this is a common hand gesture, you know, like mhm, let me think about that and they're like illuminati confirmed, you know. 
Oh no, I see. I don't have two thumbs, so I can't do that. But I, oh. I have seen it in other people. Oh, I was wait. I was perfect time to pull pull that card. Oh, that's <laughs> great. That's <was> fantastic. <laughs> so what what's your hand sign then? What is your hand sign? Do you have one? I don't. I don't like, even know. Did you, I feel like uh, I do like this all the time, where like my right hand is kind of like sitting on my cheek and I talk. Mm-hmm. But like my left hand is so short, it's never like touching my face. It's not. Yeah, you can't. It's not as uh, accessible, I guess, to like, no, like reach. It doesn't. <laughs> yeah, when I first, I think when we first talked, it was on uh, the Legit Bat podcast. I was co-hosting or something like that, and uh, y- your name was One Thumb L, and I didn't know why. Uh, and then it took me like going and looking at your Instagram and stuff. I was like, oh shit, I didn't even know. You know what I mean? It just whoosh over my head because we were talking about covid and pharmaceutical and stuff yeah, yeah. like that and it just it, it didn't even uh phase me i was like that what an interesting name one thumb l like that's that's so cool and i followed you on instagram and i was like oh she has one thumb that makes sense <laughs> it's actually the name of my business too and so a lot of people will do the same thing like oh that's you know and they'll see the business card and i have a logo with my handprints on it and everything and uh they're like oh yeah this is really interesting and then they go oh and it's just it, it's really funny it's really, really funny. Good marketing. You have your handprints on your business card. That's, that's fantastic. Yeah. Wow. Good. Good on you. Uh, don't fix it. Feature it in my business. That's what we say, you know, Ooh, I like that. Fix it, feature it, you know, I meant to do that. You know, I meant to, you know, this is just how it is. You know, it, th- that's not missing. It's just, uh, it's, you know, fix, don't fix it. Feature it. That's a good, uh, I love rule that. To live by. Yeah. I love that. So is there any other, any other, anything else you wanted to, to get into? I mean, I can go as long as you want. I was just asking, is there anything else that we wanted, you wanted the, any other speed bumps or anything? The only else? one you haven't mentioned so far is your back problems. Oh God. Uh, yeah. <laughs> is, is that a sore nerve in more ways than one? Oh, it's just, oh man, it's, I've been dealing with it since I was 18 and it took years of going to different doctors and, you know, back and forth between, you know, cause I was going to school and so I'd go to like doctors in one state and then go to doctors in another state and I didn't have health insurance and it was just like a big debacle and it finally took a surgeon finally I got to to the surgeon level to, for him to actually give me a diagnosis you know what I mean like all these doctors all these chiropractors all these you know natural healers and stuff no one could ever fucking tell me what was going on and it I mean I had to give up a lot especially as a performance major you you know you use your you use your body quite a bit. And at a, you know, many times I had to give up a role or, you know, not be a part of, of something because it was just so bad. I mean, it was, I think a big part of it now looking back was part of that whole betrayal thing, that kind of subconscious, you know, internalization of pain. But when I found out there's actually a physical thing going on, it made a lot of sense. And actually the pain kind of subsided once I actually figured out what was wrong, you know what I mean? not really changing anything, but just kind of realizing what it was. So what was it? If you don't mind me asking? uh, Yeah. So I have degenerative disc disease, which isn't really a disease. It's just a, you know, you have an injury and when it comes to your spinal cord and and the discs, if you injure them and they don't heal properly, they tend to degenerate over time. So uh, the discs, for those who don't know, it's the little jelly like discs that are in between your vertebrae that house your nerves in your spinal cord. They, they're at least one of them is flattening out and and disappearing. So um, for the longest time, and here's the thing, I don't even know how it happened. I don't know what the injury, what the initial injury was. 
I have no idea. I just know that one day it started hurting and it didn't stop. And um, the, yeah, I had to give up a lot for it. I, I, that's partly why I was involved in heavy drug, not heavy drugs, but drugs in general, heavy drug use. Um, because I was just like in pain all the time. And in my head, I was like, oh, I'll just, you know, smoke five blunts and, and drink, you know, 12 beers and I'll feel better. And I often did, but that's not a way to handle pain. Um, so that was a big part of, part of that as well. It kind of led me to uh, my lifestyle change, but, um, you know, for the, for the longest time, it was the, the left side of the, of the nerve was, was being pinched. And so I had basically sciatic pain, but it was not anything you could do muscularly. Like my muscles never hurt. It's, it's actually a nerve pain, which in turn makes kind of everything around that hurt. And for a while, you know, yoga and things like that. Yeah. I'd get a sore back every now and then, but you know, last couple of years, it's been pretty good. And then just recently, I'd say like the last month or two, what I now think, I think I, I don't have an MRI or anything, but the, uh, an updated one, but now I think the right side of the nerve is degenerating. And so now I have the, the pain I experienced years ago in my back on the left side has now gone to the right side. And I'm like, fuck, I thought I was over this, but I guess it's just still degenerating. And, you know, there's really not much I can do about it. Back surgery is not something fun. It's not, uh, doesn't have a high success rate. I think that what the surgeon said, and you'd think a surgeon would want to do surgery on you, right? Hey, but even he was like, Hey man, I, I don't think you're, you're too young for this. You know what I mean? Basically deal with it. And kind of a blessing in disguise this all was happening during the height of the opioid epidemic you know like doctors just handing out pills and things like that and the awareness was really high at the time when i was going to see doctors and things and like wanted pain medications and they were like we're not going to give those to you sorry you know i'm grateful for that now at the time i was like fuck you man you know (laughs) but uh, i'd probably be addicted to those pills by now if i was taking them uh at the time um but really the only solution I have right now is just yoga and uh, in a few years, maybe stem cell therapy. I don't know how I feel about that. Like morally, I know there's, they've gotten around the whole fetal thing in some aspects, but yeah, I'm, I basically live in pain all the time. And uh, it's made me a little more tolerable uh, to pain. Like, you know, I can, hit my finger with a hammer or whatever. And oh, that's a different kind of pain, I guess. I, I wouldn't say that, but you know, my tolerance is up quite a bit. Your tolerance can. So uh, speaking of experience here, your tolerance can get so high that you, you don't realize that you might need to go to the ER and then you wait a little bit too long. So just yeah. be careful on that aspect. Yeah. Um, but I may have some ideas on things. Well, you, you do can- Reiki as well, right? Yeah. Yeah. I do Reiki. Um, and that can help, but I also have some ideas. I want to think about it for a second. So I would connect with you afterwards, uh, things you might be able to try for your back. Mm -hmm. Um, not claiming to cure anybody. I'm not a doctor, but there are (laughs) things that you can do naturally to support your body Yeah, and release that. Mm -hmm. Um, for the longest time, I was afraid of chiropractors because they, a lot of chiropractors adjust the 85th, 95th percentile and they adjust everyone the same. And you can't do that to me. Um, I was very lucky that I found an amazing chiropractor. Unfortunately, she then moved to Georgia 
but she referred me to someone else who's equally as amazing. Um, and he's been life-changing. So depending upon where you're at, I may also have a couple recommendations for chiropractors yeah, because they can do amazing things. The no, right I, chiropractor, I, the right oh, chiropractor. I've, I've had great experiences with, with chiropractors, but because I, at the t- when I was going to all these chiropractors, I didn't have a true diagnosis. You know what I mean? They thought it was just, I wasn't aligned, sciatica, you know, maybe a pinched nerve or something like that, which is kind of the case, but it's much, much more, more severe. And, uh, you know, I've, I've been seen in chiropractor since I was like 10, like I've always gone to the chiropractor and I love it. Um, it's just great all around, but I, I think that they, they, they kind of apply a general kind of solution to most people. Like you said, I have found some great, uh, you know, chiropractor slash physical therapy type type people who do really great work, but they weren't, you know, after a year of going, Hey, you didn't really, you haven't really fixed me yet, doc. So I'm going to, I'm going to go somewhere else, you know, that kind of thing. I love chiropractic. I think it's, it can work wonders on uh, people. Um, but I guess I just hadn't found the right, the right fit. You know what I mean? So I also believe that given the right conditions, your body can heal itself. And I recognize that that's a, uh, can be a very woo woo statement. I love woo woo. Um, but there's been times where like I've had extreme shoulder pain and you start know how they say if the things that you say become true. So if you're constantly talking bad about yourself, those things come Mm -hmm. true. Mm -hmm. So if you say I am healthy and pain-free and that becomes like your mantra or something like that, your brain then starts to think you're healthy and Mm pain-free. And I know that sounds super crazy. Um, Well, no, it's not crazy because I know when I'm, whether I, I worked really hard physically that day or or di- or slept wrong or whatever obviously those things are going to contribute to your pain but i also find when i'm stressed out or when some sort of traumatic memory comes up or something like that that's when my pain gets worse you know it's when i think about it more that it hurts more you know what i mean oh, yeah. obviously like now with the 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 nerve pinching on the opposite side now i know like okay if i bend this way it's gonna hurt you know, if I, if I, you know, go this way or that way, I know it's going to hurt, but I, I fight through it. I do yoga and, and stretches and, and exercise and things trying to, to, uh, what's the word, uh, balance compensate, okay. right? compensate for, for that. Um, so yeah, I, I don't think that's crazy at all. Ellen. I, I believe that wholeheartedly. Um, but that at the same time, I'm like, it still hurts though, you know? So it, it's a balance it's uh, and it's commitment too, it's, which is uh, something when it comes to that, that I, some, and also sometimes pain feels good. You know what I mean? We're kind of, uh, so oftentimes we're addicted to our own pain, our own suffering in a way, you know, unnecessarily. Uh, I know people who have had very depressive lives and they're almost addicted to that kind of emotional and physical suffering. I mean, it, it's a real thing. I'm not saying that's me, but I'm saying in general, you know, it's almost be, this pain has become like a part of me almost, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? And so I'm like, that's just how it is. I've kind of just accepted it, but it'd be great if it wasn't there. You know, I'm 25. I should not have chronic back pain, <laughs> you know? No, no. And I've had chronic pain in my left arm. I had chronic pain in my back. Um, 
at one point I like one of the vertebrae randomly broke and like, they didn't know why I hadn't done gymnastics. You're like, Oh, you fell really hard. I was like, no, no, I didn't. Um, so like, yeah, random things would happen. But to your point of the emotions and the stress, your, our body will hold emotions and hold stress and it'll actually present as physical pain. Mm-hmm. And so that's why when people, sometimes they get stressed, they get a headache to just something super simple or their neck gets tight. Everyone's like, Oh, my neck is so tight. I'm so stressed. Well, yeah, you're literally holding the stress in your body for mm-hmm. you. It just happens to be in your back in that one particular disc. That's where you hold your stress or that's where you hold those emotions. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's interesting because it was kind of tied with that. I mean, yeah, It was happening before the whole, uh, you know, girlfriend cheated on me kind of thing, but I would say it got worse after you know, and then I, I almost use my pain as a crutch sometimes to uh, justify my behavior or my outbursts of rage or my emotional state. You know, I would and I even now I still do that, too. I'm like, I, uh, if I'm just not in the mood, I will be like, my back hurts. I, I you know what I mean? Because and, and not that it's not hurting because it's always hurting, but I I often use it as a crutch. Oh, yeah. And like even sitting here right now, I'm like, Oh man, this hurts. You know what I mean? I need, I do need a new chair. This chair gets hot. Like my ass gets so hot after every podcast. That's another story though, (laughs) but uh, a new chair couldn't, couldn't hurt. Uh, but, but yeah, and and we use our pain as a justification for, for many things, whether it's emotional pain, whether it's physical pain, um, you know, it, sometimes I, I know I should be getting up early and, and working out and walking the dogs or, or whatever it may be. And I'm like, man, I'm, I'm kind of hurting today, you know, maybe I'll, maybe I'll do it tomorrow. And man, I just feel like such a little bitch when I tell, when I do that, you know, the next day I'm like, man, I should have gotten up. I would have felt better had I actually gone through what I said I was going to do. So yeah, it, it, it's a, it's a balance and it's a process, but man, if there was some sort of magic Reiki or, and I don't mean that in a bad way, cause I've had experience with that with, you know, healers and things. And it helps for a little bit. Uh, I've also had, you know, epidurals and, and things like that. It helps for a minute, but uh, if there was some sort of magical thing that I could do to get past it, I would, but I think with everything, it's a process, you know? Oh yeah. Yeah. It, it, it's a process in many ways, many mm-hmm. ways. It's it's not just a uh, finding the right chiropractor, finding the right a pharma product or finding the right natural product or stretch or whatever. It's a process. And I feel like a lot of that process is learning yourself and being true to yourself and then getting rid of the emotional baggage or the things that you don't need. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, it, like I said, it's for, for a while there, it was getting a lot better, almost unnoticeable, but um, for whatever reason, it's just been flaring up lately. And uh, maybe I got some, unrecognized emotional stress or you know whatever maybe you know maybe i should stop podcasting i'm just kidding no uh, no i know I'm, I'm kidding it, it's fun um but yeah and I, i'd love to talk afterwards you can message me or whatever and any any ideas you might have I, i'm always willing to try i'm always willing to try yeah not not claiming to cure you uh oh i know but yeah. but, but li- little ideas that might ease the pain you know what right. i mean I'm all about it. I'm all about it. So. All right. Well, I wanted to thank you, Kyle, for coming on. Uh, where can people find you if they want to listen to the Big Dumb Podcast? Oh, um, uh, just look up 
I'm finally at the point where you can just type in the big dumb podcast, uh, you know, four words on your favorite podcasting app or platform. And I will, I will be there. And, uh, I'm also on Instagram, uh, the big dumb underscore podcast and on Twitter at the big dumb pod. I'm on all the other ones, but no one else is there. And it's just, it is what it is. Uh, I'm on YouTube, but I don't post on YouTube very much because I get shit taken down and strikes and stuff. So just listen to the audio podcast and follow me on Instagram. That's really the best way to, to support and things. And if, uh, uh, you know, you want to reach out or whatever, feel free. I'm pretty responsive. So, uh, L thank you so much. Uh, this was a lot of fun. Uh, I I'm glad you're doing this. I think it's important. I think it's, uh, making moves it's making waves in the in the community and uh, i'd love to have you on my show soon and we can talk some more you know conspiracies or whatever because i know you're into that and you have some experience with with your journey and, and whatnot but really thank you so much um, i don't get asked often to be a guest on a show so anytime i do i i do appreciate it yeah not a problem it was a pleasure speaking with you and yeah anytime you want me to come on just let me know and you know maybe we can talk about uh at another time, current speed bumps and not just personal speed bumps because yeah. there's always current speed bumps happening. Absolutely, there is. But yeah, like I said, thank you so much, Elle. This was great. Thank you. And thank you everyone for listening to Speed Bumps. And I hope you have a wonderful, wonderful day.